My granny, there are a lot of things I remember about my granny. She loved to watch wrestling, not wrestling, wrestling. She watched wrestling, like WCW on Monday. You know, I had to go turn the antenna outside on the end of the single wide. You know what I'm saying? So we'd get to channel, get to good channels, you know. And uh, a lot of things I remember about her. And when I was going over this, it reminded me of probably the most memorable thing about my granny. She was scared to death of storms, terrified of a thunderstorm, terrified. Every storm was going to be the storm that just wiped us out. You know what I'm saying? Every storm was just going to be, this is it. You know, Jesus is coming. You know, and then she'd pull on that Salem and tell me to get my you-know-what in the hallway, you know. And uh, I remember her being afraid of storms. So here, here's, here's the backstory of my, my granny. She grew up in Gainesville, Georgia. And in April 1936, an F-4 tornado hit Gainesville, Georgia. Yes. And it leveled downtown Gainesville. It destroyed Gainesville, okay? It killed 203 people. And when I was going over this story, I realized that my, gran my granny's fear... Like that deep-seated fear that she had was over something she had no control over. And it started with an event that she had no control over. And that's where all your fears start. That's where all your hang-ups start. It's when you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you don't have any control. When, when I've done lost control or I have no control. And, and it always happens. It always happens when you're trying to do everything that you can to control the situation. Right? Now... Now, my granny, she, she would make us get in the bathtub. One time she threw five of us in a blue two-door Ford Tempo and drove 120 miles an hour to Rabbit Town to get to a storm shelter. By the time we got there, the storm was gone. We'd more likely get sucked up in the Tempo and end up in Kansas with Dorothy somewhere. I mean, we were shaking and baking going up through there. She was terrified of those things, but I realized that that's where all our fears come from. They come from situations where we have no control. And then we realize that we don't have control. And the lack of control creates fear. It does. It's a natural, instinctive, self-preservation response. You all do it. I ain't afraid. Yeah, you are. We all have fears. And sometimes fears get the best of us. Sometimes they control us. Sometimes they'll mess with our thinking so much that they'll change our action. You can come in here and you can sing and you can praise and you can clap and you can stand and you can run and you can shout. But what's your response when a storm sets in? What's your response when you're out in the middle of that body of water, stuck in a storm, in a boat? What do you do? What do you do? This story right here is very simple. It's a simple thought. It's an easy thought. Um, there's three aspects of this story. The first aspect of the story is where they got in it. It says that they got in a ship and they decided to go to the other side. You see, there's always a route to every problem that you're going to face. Every problem that you have in your life right now has a root. And the reason that you have trouble solving that problem is because you don't address the root. You address the things that are on the surface. You'll go after the things that you can see and feel, and I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix it, man. I, I, you know, like I can do this. And, and you're, like, you're like sitting back playing chess with your life. But you never address the root. You see, there's a place where you get into that. And you got to go back to where you get into that if you're going to get some help if you're going to be able to find a solution to the problem. But you don't because you continue to try to solve it yourself. I'm grown. I can do what I want. Yeah, sure, go for it. Tell me how it works out. Right? So there's a place where you get in it. There's a place where it gets on you. Notice they got out in the middle. They, they, they cast out. They got in the middle of this body of water. And all hell broke loose. 
you're too far out to get back to where you came from, but you can't see the other side yet. You're stuck in the middle of this storm. I want you to think about these guys who were on this boat. Think about this story in Mark. Think, think, think about these characters. Think about these people that were on this boat. All right? You had men who grew up on boats. You had men who fished professionally. Not bass masters, like legit commercial fishermen that fed towns with their skills and their abilities. And here we see them in the middle of this storm in this vessel with all these people involved. And we see this play out and we see how automatically, what's the natural instinct? Let me fix the problem. Let me fix the problem. I, I think I could probably see Peter and Andrew with buckets trying to scoop a hurricane out of their boat to get to the other side. You laugh, but you do the same thing. You do the same thing. An F4 tornado will touch down in your life, and you're out there with a hammer trying to keep the shingles on. That's what happens. It is. That fear will drive you to act in a way that you would not normally act. So you get in it, and it gets on you. Now think about this. What would happen if when it got on you, if you remembered who was in you? I'm talking to the Christians. Talking to the Christians this morning. Those who claim, those who claim to be a part of the family. Those who got the cool Facebook post. Talking to the Christians. What would happen if when it got on you, you remembered who was in you? What would, what would, happen, what would happen when you find yourself stuck in the middle? My God, how am I going to get out of here? I, I can't go back to where I came from. It's too far. And, and I don't know if I'm going to get to where I want to be. Because here's the thing. You will always have a desired outcome for every problem that you face. But what happens is, is your desired outcome never matches God's income. Never, ever. That thing that you're going through, that thing that you walked in here, crawled up all over you that you're wrestling with and you don't know what to do, guess what? Can I, can I give you some advice? Let's start by realizing that that problem's not for you. That problem's going to happen through you. It's not for you. You see, because God's going to make it happen through you, and He's wanting you to realize where He's at in the situation. Where, where was He on the boat? He was in the hinder part. He was down below the deck. He was down there on a pillow asleep. So, sounds like a crazy story, right? But think about it. Think about it. Your outcome never matches His income. Do you think they were thinking about, what does God want to do in this situation? Well, the boat's about to sink. What should we do? Well, let's try to keep the boat from sinking, right? But do you think they ever, ever really just said, well, I wonder what God wants us to learn from the storm? Probably not. That's right. Peter's probably cussing everybody out, swinging a knife. <laughs> just so you know who I am, I am, if, if I am anybody, I am Peter. Um, so anyways, your outcome will never match his income. You see, that storm that they went through was designed and set up by God to teach them something. Now, I want you to think about this. They had to learn a lesson through this storm, through this problem. Every problem and storm you go through is just a lesson. It's a lesson in life. And I don't want to diminish, I don't want to diminish the impact of your problems and the things you've been through. I don't want to do that. But I do want to tell you that they're not always about you. They're not always about you. They're not. Like everything I've been through in my life, everything that I've been through in my life, it's not all about me. It's about what God wants to do through me because now I have an avenue to serve other people. Jesus knew that they were going to encounter people after he left that were going to be stuck. 
that were going to feel like there was no hope, that they feel like there would be no answer, no solution. He knew, he knew that they were going to have to lead the church into this new millennium. He knew that they were going to be the ones that would found the church. So he had to put them in a boat. And he had to take them out in the middle of the ocean. And here's the thing you need to understand about the boat. The boat was a comfort zone for some of them because it's where they were used to being. So you stuck. Your conformity comes from your comfort. It does. And God's going to always kick the boat out just a little bit further past your comfort zone. God's always going to create something that's going to be a little bit more than what you're used to or what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And here they are, man. Middle of the sea. What do we do? You know what's interesting? We do the same thing they did. We do. Let me save the vessel. Let me fix it. Let me find the solution. And when it doesn't work, when it doesn't work, we go down to where we know Jesus is. Hey, boss, just want to let you know that everything sucks right now. I don't understand. I go to church one and a half times a month. I served in kids twice. Like, what's up, dog? Like, I just want to let you know that all this is falling apart if you want to get up and do something. Because that's what they did. That's what they did. They said, let me inform you of the situation so that I can involve you in the situation. That's what they did. Let me inform you of all the circumstances in the situation so that I can involve you. You see the language there? It ain't about you involving anything, and it's not about you informing anything. He was down in the hinder part of the ship asleep because he was waiting for them to come down there to get some help. You as a Christian have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. You have access to the greatest power source ever known to man. God will not impede on your ability to execute free will. You can make your own choices. You can make your own decisions. You can live your life however you want. Go on with it. Do it. Great. But don't be surprised when you find yourself out there in the middle of something and you don't know how to get out. What you got to remember, though, is that he's there with you. They were on the surface level of the ship trying to solve the problem. And the solution was in the hinder part of the ship. You know why you struggle with the same stuff you've been struggling with for years? You, you want me to say it for real? Because you're shallow. You're shallow. You're shallow. You're living on the surface. And when you live on the surface, you're affected by everything that happens on the surface. It controls you. It'll pull you this way. It'll pull you that way. Then waves will start beating in. The wind will rise up. The thunder will clap. The lightning will fall. And you'll think, oh my goodness. Like, you're living on the surface. And everything on the surface is affecting you. But what you don't realize is that the solution to everything that happens on the surface always starts on the inside. Because Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship for a really good reason. Where do you drive the boat from? Like, where do you control a boat like that from? From the hinder part. The sterns down there. There was a pillow down there because that's where the captain would sit and he would control the boat. He's literally just driving the boat. The Bible says he was asleep. It says he was asleep. When's the last time you stirred up that good gift in you? When's the last time, I'm going to use some 21st terminology, when's the last time you got woke? 
like woke, I mean woke, like spiritually woke. I'm not talking about going and burning down a Wendy's. I'm talking about woke. I'm talking about you woke up the Spirit of God in you because you stopped focusing on everything that was happening around you and you started focusing on what's happening inside of you. The storm that you got to calm is the one in you, not the one outside. If they would have stopped for 10 seconds and realized what fear was doing to them in that situation, they could have went down to the hinder part and it all could have happened a lot sooner than what it did. <laughs> wow. You know what's interesting about the story to me, though? After Jesus calms the storm, peace, be still. You see something very interesting happen. Very interesting. You see the natural become obedient to the supernatural. You know, we are the only aspect of the natural that has a choice of whether or not we're going to be obedient to the supernatural. We are the only piece of creation that has the ability to choose and decide for ourselves. You know why it makes it so intimate and so much more special and so much more life-changing and impactful when we allow ourselves to lay down our free will to take on the obedience that we give to Christ? Are you in a storm? Are you stuck? Have you tried everything? So maybe now I'll try Jesus. Maybe. Maybe. Most of you are going to wait till your ship gets full. And it's too far to swim to the beach. And the storm is bigger than what you are. And the whole time, the whole time, deliverance, forgiveness, restoration is all on the inside. You see, some of you, some of you took a step a long, long time ago. You did. You took a long, a long, long time ago, you took a step and you accepted Christ. You came down to an altar, you met with somebody, but somewhere most of you made a decision that you wanted to be with Jesus and you wanted Jesus to be with you. But when you live this life and you live in this world and you deal with the circumstances of life and you find yourself in those situations, you absolutely go absent-minded and you forget about what you got. Before they got in that boat, they were with Jesus doing ministry. They were there when He was performing miracles. They were part of it. But then they found themselves in the middle of something and it all just went blank. It all just went blank. He says, peace be still. And it says there came a great calm. And then he looked at him and he said, what are you scared of? What are, what are you really afraid of? Why are, you, why are you afraid? Like, where's your faith? Where's your faith? This is the simplest sermon I've preached in a long time. Where's your faith? Maybe you're having a hard time finding it. Maybe you've struggled with it for a while. Maybe the world right now has just been so much, and everything that just goes into your daily life is so much right now that you forgot where you put it. You forgot where it stays. You forgot. You forgot that part, that, that hinder part. That hidden part, that, 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 that heavenly treasure that God put in your earthen vessel. You, you, you forgot the things that he proclaimed over you in scripture. You forgot about the freedom that you got when you gave it all to him. You see, so, some, of you, some, of you, some of you have a testimony. 
that's running across a ticker board right now and you're still celebrating past victories because you're afraid to step back out on the battlefield because you got wounded last time. Some of, so, some of you have still got ministry in you, but you're afraid to go do it because you failed last time and you feel like you're not good enough. Some, some, some of you, some of you, you know how to drive the boat, but you would rather sit on the top of the boat and watch everybody else try to fix the problems. Where you at? Where you at? Where are you at? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Where's your faith? Think about this for a second. Just consider it. Jesus didn't leave the boat at any time. He went through the storm with them. He didn't leave the boat. He was always there. The enemy always wants to try to divide you and separate you. And if he can use confusion or distraction or problems or troubles, you better believe they're going to come. Now let me put a disclaimer on what I'm about to say. If you're comfortable and you like the way your life is, then you can turn me off right here. All right? But if you know there's more, if you're just, if you're just tired of it, if you just like, I need, I need more. I need more. I know there's more. I've seen more. I've tasted more. I've been a part of more. I want more. Let me tell you where you start. You start by crucifying yourself. Because it ain't about what you want. You're a vessel to be used to bring honor and glory to God's kingdom. Every single one of you, whatever your gifts are, whatever your talents are, whatever your abilities are, they're all to be used to magnify the Son of God. We get so caught up on what we want. They wanted to save the ship. They wanted to get to the other side. Who wouldn't, right? But how often do we get caught up on what we want and we forget what He says? He says, you didn't have to save the ship. I could have saved the ship at any time. You didn't have to fix everything. You didn't have to solve all the problems. I could have done it at any time. Yes, you could so what if we get to the point where we stop informing him to involve him and we just involve him? We just involve him. That story that God's writing in your life, you're not supposed to keep it to yourself. It's for all the other people that God's going to send into your life. It's for all those people that are stuck in that storm where you were stuck before. All those people with all that hurt and that pain that you've already been through and you've already walked through and you survived because Jesus grabbed you when you were slipping into darkness and rescued you. You have the opportunity to do it here. You have the opportunity to do it now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You ain't got to wait till your phone rings. You don't need an invitation. Praise God. If there's good to be done and you see it, do it. Just do it. A kind word, an act of courtesy, whatever it is. They were in this boat and they were certain they were going to die. They were so afraid of the situation and the things happening around them. And then Jesus is interjected into the scene and their fear shifts from being afraid of what's happening to them and having a residential fear of whose presence they're in. Because here's the thing that you need to understand. The story's not, a, the story's not about the storm. It's not about the capabilities or the lack thereof of the disciples trying to save the boat. It ain't about none of that. You know what it's about? It's about the power of the presence of Christ in your life. That's what it is. 
When you see him present in the situation, things change. You need presence in your life. You need presence in your life. The power of the presence of Christ in your life is transformational. It is. I wish somebody would have taught me that 15 years ago because I went out and tried to be everything that, oh, it's my purpose and my calling and I need to fulfill it. And then I realized, I realized, man, it's about the presence of Christ in my life. Because when all hell's breaking loose and I don't have any answers and I can't fix it, what am I supposed to do? It's about the presence of him in my life. So I want to challenge you this morning. It's really simple. And it's very easy. Today you have to choose faith over fear. And sometimes it'll be the most difficult decision you have to make. Sometimes it'll be the hardest thing for you to do because everything in your being will tell you don't do that. Don't do that. Do this. Like, don't do that. Do this. But you use your free will and your volition to choose faith over fear. What are you afraid of today? What's holding you back? What kept you from getting plugged in? What kept you from serving? What kept you from doing that thing that God put in the back of your mind? And you're like, I can't do that. What is it? What is it? Remember that vision God gave you? Why are you afraid of it? It's the scariest thing you'll ever do, but you don't ever have to be afraid when you put it in His hands. So what are you afraid of today? JJ's going to come, and we're going to dismiss. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to do two things. Number one, I really want you to go home this week and I want you to think about it. Like, really think about it. Like, I'm here, but there's something telling me that I need to be there. I'm here, but where does God want me to be? Maybe you're, maybe you're sitting in the middle of the hurricane right now. Maybe you are. Maybe there's so much uncertainty and fear in your life right now because there's changes that are going to happen and going to come into your life and you have no idea how to deal with it. Well, why don't you start by remembering who's in the boat with you? Why don't you start by remembering who got on the boat with you? Why, why don't you remember he's down there. He's in there. He's there. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't leave you. He didn't teleport out like Captain Kirk. That's not what he does. He's there. He's living within you. He goes everywhere you go. He sees everything you see. He hears everything you say. So what if today there was a proclamation that said, today, Lord, I'm going to choose faith over fear. The boat's rocking. The boat's rocking right now. And I don't know what to do, but I'm going to choose my faith over this fear that's rising up in me. And some of you are going to wrestle with it right here during this invitation because you're going to know. You're going to know you need to come down here. You're going to know that you need to turn your seat into an altar. You're going to know you're going to have to come pray with somebody. And Lord, I don't want to do that. It's out of my comfort zone. Choose your faith over your fear. It's real simple. Would you stand with me?